Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Patients, we need to talk about the UAW strike. We need to talk about what some Fed presidents are saying about inflation. But first, we need to talk about Meet Kevin. Yes, folks, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, I was lucky enough to be interviewed on the Meet Kevin channel and it posted yesterday. We actually recorded this about two weeks ago, uh, but the interview is live now on the Meet Kevin channel. Do me a favor, go over to the Meet Kevin channel today if you can, watch the video. We talk housing, we talk economy, we talk strategy, we talk house hack, we talk all of these other things and leave some comments. Let Meet Kevin know that you enjoyed the interview and that you would like to see One Rental at a Time come back on the channel. Wouldn't it be great if One Rental at a Time was on the Meet Kevin channel maybe once a month, once a quarter? We could really talk about housing, economy, and lots of different things. So again, do me a favor, go check out the Meet Kevin channel. Tell me about the interview, it was one hour long. Let me know how I did. Let me know how I did. Love to hear from you. Uh, I would appreciate that. Also, as promised, we're giving away more value on the Best of ORAT channel. Yes, I have a third channel. Best of ORAT is one video a day. I posted the two-hour day four boot camp with Jason Pritchard. There is thousands of dollars in value in that two-hour session. I'm not joking. Thousands of dollars. If you want to do off-market, he gave you something in that video that tripled his lead flow. If you're in the business of doing mailers and off-market and you can triple your yield or your yield flow, lead flow, you want to do that. You want to talk about working with a spouse or a significant other that is risk-averse. Jason burned the boats. How did he get on the same page with Jen? How did they set up their scenario? How did Jen kick him in the butt to get going? There is so much value in that story or in that video. We're giving it away for free, thousands of dollars. All you have to do is go over to the Best of ORAT channel, one video a day, enjoy. It will only be there for one week, for one week. I'm trying to grow the channel, no question about it. I wanna to get to 1,000 subscribers, 4,000 watch hours. I'm giving you two hours here in that video, so go take a listen, let me know what you think. Let's get into it. So one of the things we have to talk about is inflation expectations. Consumers, you and I, if we expect inflation to continue to rise or go up more than expected, we will change our behavior. Inflation expectations, once unanchored, can really be a problem. Now, for the last several months, we have been on a downward trajectory. Last month, and we got this number last week, it actually went up. It actually ticked up from 3.2 to 3.8. That may not sound significant, but what is important when watching economic data is the trend. The trend. 
We were clearly on a downward trajectory. Now we have had a reverse reversal. It is, of course, an economic data. It could change next month, no problem. But with what we see going on with oil and other things, it is something to pay attention to. So again, watch for that. Don't know if you saw this, but it looks like Rite Aid has gone bankrupt. Yes, folks, Rite Aid is not getting the demand uh, that they expected, slowdown in sales, and of course, they have the opioid uh, litigation underway. So they have decided to go bankrupt. They will be closing stores uh, and the like. So again, more, more, this is happening. This is part of higher for longer. We are going to see zombie companies who are debt-ridden, who are not producing cash flow, go out of business. That's, that's supposed to happen. We're not supposed to have zero interest rates where anybody can borrow money and we just live off debt. That's not how the economic system should work. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, we did a conversation with Dan Bird talking about, is the market set up for risk on or risk off? I thought that was a great conversation yesterday. You can check out Dan, Dan Bird's playlist below. But if you go through that video, you'll actually see where he brings up a chart that shows at the bottom, small cap, mid cap. I don't know if you saw that part of the video, but I think it is very important. I think what it showed is interest rates matter. Now, if you haven't seen the chart, let me kind of give you this visual. A lot of the big companies were doing okay, right? The, the Magnificent Seven, you know, the Dow, the Dow 30, all of those. But when he scrolled down the page, what jumped off the page to me was small caps are doing horrible horrible. Mid caps have started to do horrible. So I asked him in the video, isn't this just a sign that higher for longer is working? Because if you think about the small caps, these are the small cap companies who probably don't have great credit ratings, who don't have the income or balance sheets. They can't borrow money. And then of course, once the small caps are, you know, taken out to the woodshed, you go up to the medium and you could see the chart almost trailing three or four months. So again, I think there's a lot going on inside these different indexes, but they're being punished with lower and lower rates. Uh, the UAW strike has now been going on a month and it could be resolved at a moment's notice, of course, but it doesn't feel like they're that close together. You now have UAW saying, hey, we're not going to do our Friday strikes. We'll add strikes at a moment's notice. But I ask you this. I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the strike fund pays these striking employees $500 a week. 500 bucks a week. That's, uh, that's rough. I mean, there's not many people that can live on $500 a week. Certainly when your lifestyle is probably more like $2,000 or 1500 a week, right? You got to back that off. So it is going to get interesting. I suspect a lot of the UAW workers who are on strike are probably getting some side hustles or second jobs, but it's, it's, it's getting into that, you know, Hey, we've missed a month of paychecks. Let's, let's get this there. And of course, UAW is now taking out the uh, SUV and a large truck. Uh, plants. So it is very much, <coughs> the pain is building on both sides. Uh, so it is definitely something for us to watch. The Fed officials are talking almost nonstop this week. There is going to be market moving discussions. 
Just this morning, Fed president says the slowdown in inflation is undeniable. The slowdown in inflation is undeniable. The Fed talk has switched from how high to how long. That's exactly the conversation that you and I have been talking about. They're done. They're not raising anymore. The only question is how long can they hold it here? It is my belief they want to hold it here throughout 2024, but we shall see. Just so you know, the Fed is going to go into their quiet period starting, I think, Saturday. So you'll hear a lot of Fed presidents. I think there's 15, 12 or 15 speeches that are on the calendar and probably more. Uh, we're going to hear a lot of talk from them. Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs actually put out an article talking about hedge funds have sold staples at the fastest pace in 11 weeks. Now, are they selling staples to raise cash or are they selling staples to pivot into growth? These are important questions. I don't know. Is the economy crumbling? Hence the uh, selling of staples. Or is it set up to boom? I don't know. Short selling in staples is the largest in the last three months. Are we set up for some kind of pivot? We are in October. The next couple of weeks undoubtedly will be uh, interesting to unfold. Uh, we obviously have a big jump in the tenure this morning. I'm not sure if you've seen that yet. Uh, but Lance Lambert, Resi Club Analytics, do yourself a favor. ResiClubAnalytics.com. <coughs> Lance Lambert is creating a daily... Um, Newsletter for the little investors, for the home buyers, for, for you and I. And I think we owe it to Lance uh, to go over to resiclubanalytics.com, uh, get an email so you can get the auto. I'm getting them now, and they're amazing reads. Uh, we got some New York Fed data. Manufacturing survey down 4.6%. Expectations were for a larger down, down 7 So not as bad as expected, kind of the summary there. Uh, new all-time high. Uh, for how hard it is to obtain credit. The New York Fed went out and did a survey and said, hey, is it easy or hard to maintain credit now? How does it compare now versus last year? And guess what, folks? It's hard to get credit today. This is the banking system. This is regional banks basically saying we are closed for business. We are only lending to our best clients. We are only doing super, super, super safe loans. We're not talking... 75 LTV, we're talking 55 or 65% LTV. And then again, the inflation expectations are up to 3.7%. So things, 3.8%, things for us to watch. Two, two more topics. First, let's congratulate somebody. Ken, congratulations for getting your golden ticket. I should have mailed this over the weekend, but I wanted to make sure I gave you a shout out right here. So Ken, your card will go out in the mail today. This is a golden ticket, folks. This is what you earn when you get your first deal. This is what you could earn if you get another deal. You can get unlimited black cards, but you can only ever get one gold card. So again, Ken, congratulations. I'm happy for you. And then finally, I want to talk about the Crash Bros, the Crash Sisters, whatever we want to call them. I think there is one... There's many, there's many fall flaws in their logic, but I believe the biggest flaw is human behavior. What do I mean by that? So I am over 50 years old, which means I was old enough to experience the 
pain of the 1980s. I wasn't an adult, but I was old enough to remember. I also, if you know my story, invested through the Great Recession. Both of those environments were tough on housing, but the individual households behaved different. This is why I think the Crash Bros and Crash Sisters are wrong. It is go we're going to find out. We're going to find out over the next one or two years, but here is my black and white difference. In the Great Recession, the debt was toxic. The debt was a liability. So what you saw is you saw families look at these ballooning payments and go, honey, we can't afford it. And, and we could live somewhere else for cheaper. At the end of the day, shelter is on the Haslow or Haslow's hierarchy of need, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But what the family was saying is it makes financial sense for us to let this house go, strategic default, and when, whenever we get asked to leave, we'll get some cash for keys and we'll move over here. It is cheaper and better for our family. Now, what happened in the 80s? Now, in fairness, I was young. I was 12, 13, 14, you know, in that range. But what I remember is my family was facing foreclosure. My family was housing insecure. We were at different points in the 80s, a weekend away from losing our house. But here is the difference. My memory of the situation is that my family, and specifically my mother, my mother was fighting tooth and nail to keep the family home. See, they had bought the home in, let's call it the late 70s. I actually don't remember. Maybe, yeah, probably late 70s, maybe early 80s. They had a loan. They were making the payments, and then my dad got laid off and all of that. But it was better for the family to stay put. That was not the case in 2006 or seven, almost no one was fighting to stay. The debt jumped so much that they're like, ah, time out, we're going over here. But when you have fixed rate debt like today in an environment where rates are up and rents are up, what are your choices? This is what the crash bros and the crash sisters don't get. They are acting like the household is going to give up on their low mortgage willy-nilly. Oh, we'll just rent some. Dude, that doesn't make financial sense. I mean, these, they, they don't get it. They're, they're like, hey, the next crash is just going to be like the last crash. Folks, go back and look at the 1980s. Yes, transactions went down for 14, 16, 18 years. We're going to do that again. But we didn't have the huge foreclosure wave, you know, tens of millions of homes because people were fighting to stay. I believe now listening to many crash bros and yes, even some crash sisters now that their main error in their judgment is they think the family unit is just going to give up their home and pay more money elsewhere. That is a fundamental flaw. And I say this as someone who remembers the early 80s and how hard my mom fought to stay there. 
verse 2006, 7, and 8 where people were mailing keys in because it was better for them. So at the end of the day, I think that is the biggest mistake Crash sisters and Crash bros are making. They think you, the family unit, don't understand basic math. Remember folks, we got two treats for you today. One, go over to meet Kevin. Watch the hour-long discussion of him talking, him and I talking economy, housing crash, negotiations, what to buy, where to go. Let me know what you think. I would love to get your feedback on the interview. And please, go over to my third channel, Best of ORAT, where we gave you day four boot camp. Thousands of dollars of value. We all owe Jason Pritchard a huge, huge thank you. He gave us two hours of his Sunday. Just, just very, very nice man. And again, go check him out, jasonpritchard.com. He's got some giveaways if you watch the video. Take care. Bye-bye.